Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Clump. This is Pringle. This isn't your typical episode. Uh, we're still trying to sort out when to record a, a full episode and we'll be updating social media as soon as we're able to get a date. Uh, but for now, we're wanting to do interviews with people who are fans of music, who really enjoy talking about music, but also may work within the music industry as an artist or a producer. Maybe they work for a label just to get some ideas of the industry itself and their creative processes. Uh, one person that I've decided to interview is my good friend Jack, Jack McNeilage from the pop duo Able Faces. Now, full disclosure, I used to be a member of Able Faces years ago as, as a drummer, and I still perform with them live. Obviously, now with the pandemic, that's not really been happening, but we'll eventually go back onto live performances. Um, and I just wanted to sit down with Jack and talk with him about a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas about him as a songwriter, him as a producer, but also just his thoughts on pop music in general, and also his experience with collaborating with a bunch of artists around the world on these pop and dance tracks. Um, but yeah, I, I think he has a lot of great opinions on music. He's definitely well experienced in that field, so I think you'll get a lot out of him. And please go listen to Able Faces on Spotify uh, or wherever you get your music um, because they're releasing a bunch of tracks just now and there's a bunch coming up in the future. Uh, but I'm sure Jack will be able to tell you all about that in this interview. So without further ado, here we go. Okay. Beautiful. We are good to go. Let's do it. Yeah, cool. So, I think what I wanted to ask you first of all was the just the history of Able Faces, right? I want to get a because I obviously came in at a, a later point, not that far in, but yeah. still there was like a history before me. So, <laughs> if you want to like give us a history of it, a real rundown of where you started and where you are now. Yeah, so Able Faces is the duo that I'm in with my brother Mark, and we basically, we've been playing together since about 2014. The first ever gig that we did was 2015 mm -hmm. um, in the Garage Attic um, in Glasgow, um, and we were, at that point, we were playing with my friend Danny, who's one of my best mates from school. He was our drummer, um, and he sang harmonies, and a brilliant guy called Ben on bass, um, and then Danny was going to Australia. So he left, and then we got you, uh -huh. uh, which was which is wonderful. And then, um, obviously, you know this, but we did like uh, three like self recorded self released EPs mm -hmm. over three years. Um, and you would come in just at the end of the first one. Yeah, so I came in at just, just the end of the first one, I think. and we did the second one all the just the three of us, I think, for the yeah. most part. And yeah. then that it was the third EP. I think you guys just went fully as a duo at yeah. that point. Yeah, and then. Uh, Pringle became sort of like the the live man, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and yeah, it's been it worked out really well. Like it it was it was great that those few years were so just like constantly gigging, mm. um, making a million mistakes with recording, yeah, and learning yeah. just literally like a crash course in production by just uh, trial and error, basically. Um, and yeah, we were lucky enough that we played with you, we played with uh, Danny and Ben, and then Lyle and Adam. Uh, and it was just great. Oh, just a cavalcade of people. It was, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like just all like mates and uh, really good yeah. musicians. So it was just so much fun. 
Um, and then we started sort of um, like end of 2017, start of 2018, started thinking more about, right, how are we going to take this forward from just being a bedroom band, essentially. Sure. Um, and then I did a course in London that was a songwriting course um, with a thing called the Songwriting Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden that was like a, a, a new world. I was like having my eyes open to of like, ah, this is how it actually works. Because we would sit and spend three months perfecting one song uh and then like the revelation of like oh people actually like write a song a day and like <laughs> go in studios with people that really know what they're doing with production and blah 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 and then the three years later um we've just signed to um management in london well about a year ago now and uh we just signed a publishing deal with uh, sam felt in the netherlands and we're just working with lots of songwriters and um producers and having lots of fun making lots of music yeah i was gonna get <laughs> onto the, yeah i was gonna get onto the songwriting part of it so basically you know in the middle of pandemic at the moment or just getting out of it hopefully yeah hopefully. you know the whole songwriting experience has obviously changed since before you know since last march yeah um but i do remember the first single that you brought out that wasn't material of your own when you were top lining yeah um was literally i think a week or two before we actually went into a full lockdown it was yeah. it was crazy yeah so i'm just sort of wanting to know for the songwriting and from you doing your own songs to now where you're doing a bunch of songs for or with other people as well what's sort of changed since before the pandemic to now and has it like has it been like a, a good experience or has it been a mixed bag or mm. um well yeah the timing was unbelievable really like we'd um spent the sort of latter part of 2019 top lining which is essentially putting the vocals on a dj track Mm -hmm. um and that was through um like we basically just did tons of them you we would write uh stuff to these tracks and we eventually got one and we got confirmed to be released and it was coming out in march last year yep so literally just the week of the lockdown and it ended up being the best thing ever like career-wise for us because uh the dance world is quite a small sort of uh, everyone knows everyone type scenario so it really launched us into that because it was on oliver heldon's label um and he's sort of a big deal in the dance world uh so a lot of, a lot of people all of a sudden knew who we were in that sort of field so it was amazing because we just basically spent the first lockdown just every single day doing a different track uh for all these djs um so it was good in terms of productivity in terms of enjoyment it was really fun and i feel like the last few months have been pretty brutal in terms of um it's been over a year now since we've been able to be in a room with people and sure it's just not it's really productive and zoom is great like it does do the job um but like we're going down to london for a few weeks next month and i think that that's what we really need because it's it, just not the same yeah. when you can't uh, go for a drink with people at the end of it a gives session you, you know? it gives you limitations yeah it? You, you can do some things it's, it's obviously there's some upsides to it in that you don't have as many people in a room yeah. having all these different ideas flung about you over it. You, there's a way to go about it over Zoom. But at the end yeah. of the day, you know, having that one-to-one collaborations obviously missing yeah. when you're doing it over a screen. I mean, I'm like really lucky that Mark and I live together. So we work in the same room every day. So that's great because yeah. at least we've got each other. But I think uh, one of the things that's brilliant about songwriting and the thing I love about it is it's like, it's like speed dating almost you just get to you get to meet new people all the time and you basically go in and in the first half hour you've told each other your life story so you feel that you know them really well sure and it's it's you know you can still do that on zoom a bit but it's not the same it's not the same as really sort of making eye contact with somebody and having that but no it's uh like thank god for zoom and the internet because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know we've now done over 100 songs in lockdown 
or, or since the start of COVID. Um, and that would not have been possible even just a few years ago. Do you think going forward with this sort of, with working with these songwriters and working with mm. musicians, etc., would you find yourself using Zoom more or would you see yourself wanting to get back to that one-on-one yeah. a lot more? I think it'll be quite half and half because we were lucky enough that we work with a lot of people from all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we'll probably do a lot of trips to London and Amsterdam and hopefully we're hoping to go to America next year. But I think we're working with a few great people in America and uh, a couple of people uh, in Finland and stuff like that. And I think we'll probably continue on Zoom with them. Sure. Uh, but just breaking up is nice, you know. It's just like like <laughs> everyone at the minute, I think. Like just what you want uh, that real connection with people that, sometimes. That blended experience. Yeah. 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 Fair. Um, so you got a new single coming. Well, it's, by the time of recording, it's out now. It is. Uh, Another Night. Yes banger Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um so can you just walk me through what the creation process of that song yep. specifically was and if there's any elements of it that you sort of any elements of the songwriting that sort of stick with you through every single track you release yeah through or are there differences depending on who you're writing for or who you're working with sure um so that was uh with a guy called uh lolo um whose real name is hugo and basically what that was, was we've been working with Sam Felt's label, Heartfelt, now for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're brilliant and they're really supportive of what we're doing, which is great. So we basically had uh, what we quite often do, especially with the more poppy stuff, we prefer starting the idea. So we basically wrote the song, we wrote the chords and the melodies, uh, recorded all the vocals kind of fully and did a sort of basic instrumental demo and then sent it to Sam Felt's people mm-hmm. and said, is this something for Heartfelt, which is his label? And they replied and said, yes, uh, let's find you a DJ, basically. So they sent it around their people and uh, Lolo came back and said he liked it. So he then worked with a few other people, um, but I think it was mainly him. And he basically just sort of uh, added this, this sort of beats and whatnot behind it. And when we got it back, we were just absolutely floored because it was exactly what we hoped it could be because it was just like, I really, I remember writing it. It was last July, and it was a really sunny day in this room, <laughs> and uh, it was just a feel good song. And we were just picturing being on a beach somewhere because at that point it was such a pipe dream because we were in the middle of lockdown. Yeah. Uh, so the thought of being on a beach was just like, oh my god. Um, and he just absolutely smashed it, and it just came back, and it just sounded like summer. Do you get that feeling kind of every time that you? See, for example, you do bare bones of a track yeah. and you get it back from a producer or whatever who beefs, beefs it up. Yeah. Do you sort of get that same feeling every time? I think it's the thing that's so interesting about collaboration is you hear stuff one way. Mm-hmm. Like, so for example, it's it's actually, it's quite interesting. The, the So Another Night was one of those ones that the production came back exactly how we'd imagined it. Right. Like, it could not have been more spot on to what was going on in our heads, I think. And it was just like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> we were just so happy with exactly uh, what he'd done with it. He just smashed it. And then the, the last single that came out, which is called Can't Let You Go, that came out last month, that was a complete opposite. Well, not the complete opposite, because it, it was also a good thing. But we basically had this sort of housey kind of track that, again, had started with us, like piano vocals. And uh, we'd imagined it as a sort of club tune. Okay. And, uh, but we had this sort of um, little groove to it that we thought was quite cool in the second verse. And basically the DJs that ended up taking it called uh, Jordan J and Adetto, who are both brilliant, they they sent it back and it was completely different because they'd basically turned it into this like disco 
track with a yeah. with a like fourth the floor groove and sure. uh like a, a sort of funky baseline and it was just like oh my we were absolutely floored <laughs> by it because it was just not what we'd expected at all but it made so much sense for the track yeah so that's why collaboration is amazing because we would never have thought of that there's been a few tracks that we've had that we've sent them around loads of different people and we've had different versions of and we've just not been able to get it quite right because sometimes as you know because you make music as well sometimes it takes a while to just get the thing that clicks but you just instinctively know oh you're telling me yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's why it's just amazing working with lots of different people because and also working on lots of stuff because you don't get so um precious over stuff and actually the best way to do it we've found is just to do be really open-minded because mm. you just don't you never know what's going to happen if you send stuff to people or don't assume that they'll do something one way or whatever and you know that's that's the fun of it do you think do you think then you're not really necessarily having a perfectionist mindset where it's like everything just needs to go um 100 my way otherwise it's not going to work out or do you try yeah. and take in that case then maybe you take some risks and think yeah we'll just go with it and we'll see how it flies i definitely think well one of the things that i learned on the course i did for songwriting that's definitely stuck with me is like just not being precious is quite often the best thing yeah and mark and i are pretty good i think at like best idea wins we're never really that precious about our own ideas because all we really care about is the song being good it doesn't matter who who cares who come up with the idea you know it only cares when it's a bad one yeah 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 exactly <laughs> no I, th I think the only thing we're perfectionist about is like our part of it so like recording wise we're pretty um we're very picky about our own vocals and we'll spend ages getting our vocals exactly how we want them and like the harmonies and you know all that sort of stuff that we put a lot of detail into the vocals probably sometimes more detail than you'll actually be able to hear but it's that sort of you know you know it's there so you're happy with it type thing yeah sure but in terms of ideas now nah, i feel like pretty pretty open-minded because that's the nice thing about working with good people as well like if they're really talented then you've got to have a bit of faith that yeah no, you know like their ideas are really good so <laughs> no that's true sometimes you're just a bit like Man, they are way more talented than me. Yeah. <laughs> but they managed uh, to turn every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to get onto, it was uh, so working with these songwriters. Obviously, you've made some sort of transition from. Yeah. Previously, it was like pop, mostly pop music, but you did delve yeah. into like some folky stuff, some acoustic stuff, etc. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's from like previous music that you know I've helped you work on. Yeah. And doing gigs around Glasgow, etc. There's that acoustic element, but then you went sort of fully pop into pop music at that point mm -hmm. and now you've transitioned to this dance edm style house various sort of electronic music edm genres right yeah and it's just i just want to know was that transition initially quite smooth when you were starting off with the top lining and working with these producers was that a bit jarring to you at all to be honest it was just it was like never where we thought it was going to go but we just sort of stumbled into it and ended up loving it because basically the um john who's now our manager I met through the course I was doing and he basically gave us the uh added us to a mailing list that he has for for DJ tracks that are looking for um top lines top the top lines it was basically like we were just desperate to do something and to get a cut to get a release because mm. we sort of thought we were maybe going to go down the route of writing for other artists we sort of tried the top lining thing just out of curiosity because he basically was like give it a go see if you enjoy it and we ended up just loving it because it was so fulfilling because as i said we used to spend so long on the one song and slaving away over stuff and driving yourselves crazy and there's something really liberating about the fact that it's so quick and it's so like you just get the ideas out and it's so creatively fulfilling because you're just you know every day you've got um you're getting to come up with new stuff mm. and it never gets boring so we just 
we just quickly were like, this is really fun. So then we got that first Mark Benjamin cut um, last March. And then it just basically was the natural thing to just keep doing that because it was just so fun and productive and it's really rewarding getting releases because we all know how difficult it is to get stuff to the point that you're happy to release it and then absolutely even better you know getting labels releasing the stuff as well it was just like amazing because the numbers were so much more than we'd ever had on our tracks before <laughs> and you're just like wow like this is it's obviously not about the numbers but it's just like people hearing your songs is really cool yeah so it was just like i want more of that because it's really addictive when you see the numbers <laughs> uh on spotify and all that uh you're like oh I, I want to do that again and again you know good that you mentioned the numbers because that actually leads on <laughs> very well into my next question thank you for keeping up with the uh, the flow go. of the interview I this really is not rehearsed <laughs> this is not rehearsed. this is not our fifth take <laughs> um what i was going to say about the so when you that obviously that transition you're talking about yeah. maybe a, a bit weird at the start but then it slowly became more and more natural as you went on yeah so now that you've sort of had this idea and you've you're now fully in the waters of a new genre pretty much but do you think experimentation or sort of moving from genre to genre do you think that's helped you both like commercially first of all which obviously it has and i just want to know how how it's helped you but also i want to know like artistically mm. do you feel like that's helped you as a writer as a as a musician as, as like an artist yeah. in general oh so much i mean the main thing that I think is really, really good about top lining. And I would say anyone that's wanting to be a songwriter or that writes songs should try it. The thing that's amazing about it is when you're creating a song from scratch, it can be quite overwhelming sometimes because you're, well, there's infinite possibilities. Every single word, melody, beat, everything has like so many options, right? If you get a track that's already got the full instrumental there, you've got a lot less space to work and you're forced into working within these parameters which was quite scary when we first did it sure and you certainly can't do that all the time a lot of the time now it's we do the opposite like with another night it'll start with us with the idea but the the it's almost like training because you you've got like eight bars and you have to just do the catchiest thing you can in those eight bars because you don't have time to draw it out draw it out draw it out. and i think it just it's like unbelievable training for how to write songs I mean, people might listen to our songs and still think we're really shit, but <laughs> I, I mean, we're definitely better than we were. <laughs> sure. Um, and it's just from doing it lots and, and top lining is just an amazing way of, of getting to do it lots because I don't think it would be possible to sit down and write 100 songs with an acoustic guitar in a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, maybe oh, maybe actually, but like, um, I don't think my brain works like that. If you hear a, an instrumental that you really like, mm -hmm. immediately, naturally, you'll just start getting little melody, melody ideas that you wouldn't have just fallen into had Otherwise. you just been sitting down at piano or whatever it is, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good way of keeping it fresh. Do you, do you feel like, and also just bringing it up, there might be people that think this music's shit. Do you, <laughs> do you, do you try it? I know. <laughs> we only respect our real fans. Yeah. <laughs> do you think, do you think um, there's, there's an element of you that wants to like appeal to those people and say, listen, we hear you out. It's not your bag we might try some stuff in future that mm. might appeal to you because I always seem to think that as well with myself. I wanted to appeal to as many people as possible, sure. but at the same time, I'm wanting to try and find something. It's finding that balance between appealing everybody mm. and appealing yourself as a musician and appealing a small <sighs> group of people that might not get what you're yeah. going for. I, I actually feel like I just love music, right? Yeah. 
uh, <laughs> I just love music, man. No, I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I love listening to music. We all know what that feeling is like. If you hear a song that you just think is great. Yeah, and I feel like all you can ever really strive for, or at least this is how I view songwriting, all you can ever strive for is to make yourself feel like that with something that you're doing that day. Mm-hmm. And you can't really think too much beyond that. Because the other thing is, half the stuff you write, at least, is never going to get released. Okay. So you might as well have fun writing it. So at least it's been a fulfilling experience. Yeah. If nothing happens with it, you know? So I don't really give that much thought to who's going to like it or not to be honest because i think you'd drive yourself crazy and you would always just doubt everything because as you as you say no one's there's no song that every single person on the planet's gonna like no, that's right yeah. um and with another night that came out yesterday i absolutely loved that when we got that back from the producer and it was finished i just want i just kept listening to it because i just was so happy with it if that had come out and got 10 streams then that would have been a real shame because i would love people to hear it but it <laughs> also was... <laughs> i'd be questioning the algorithm at that point if <laughs> yeah, your last yeah, yeah. tune got like a hundred thousand <laughs> streams and your next one got 10 i'd be like something seems to be yeah, working yeah. here <laughs> but like but but at least it would be like i can hand on heart say i i love that song and i'm really happy with how we did it yeah i think the worst thing would be if you sort of kept compromising because you were trying to do something that didn't feel natural but you were trying to please a certain demographic or whatever it is working with um different collaborators and also labels now and management and blah 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 that's a lot of people that already need to be pleased with something before it'll come out so when we're working because it is work you know we treat it like a job because it's a job uh the main thing you're doing that day is you're not trying to please a million people you're trying to you're trying to impress the dj you're working with or you're trying to impress the label you're just trying to do something that you think is great and you really hope they like it and if they do then bear in mind that you know another night has probably had i don't know 10 people involved in some capacity between the label publisher management and then the writers if it gets to the point of getting released you have to have faith that it's not absolutely awful because that many people have already said, yeah, yeah this is cool. to be this some point it. where you're like, yeah, people will listen to this. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you were saying that you you don't necessarily worry about appealing to everyone. Yeah. Because I think in my, from, from, from what I think of like pop music and mainstream radio music, I feel like that's its purpose is to yeah, appeal sure, to sure, everyone. Sure. So it's interesting to have yourself who is a pop songwriter mm. today and say well i'm actually it's not something that I'm, you're particularly focused on i think a lot of people well not a lot of people i think pop's pop called pop for a reason right because it's popular with the masses if you like sure i'm not saying my stuff is but just like in general that's what pop music is um but i think some people especially musicians are quite snobby about pop and then if they do start writing it um, they sort of are like, oh god, yeah, I'll just I'll do some pop stuff for for the money, you know. <laughs> uh, and they're sort of turning their noses up to it, and they're not, they're not, it's not heartfelt. Whereas I've, I just love pop music. Yeah, like I I absolutely love Taylor Swift, or um, I'm really into like Dagny right now, who's a Norwegian uh, super poppy, or um, yeah, just like ABBA. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I, I love all that sort of stuff. So. It's not a conscious sort of like I'm chasing commercial stuff. It's literally just that's the sort of music I love to make. Uh, and it's a real challenge as well because it's really hard. Like I also, I love loads of different music mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, love a piano ballad. But it's easier to write a piano ballad than it is to write a, a, a song that 100,000 people want to sing along to. That's a much bigger task, you yeah. know, because it's really difficult to do something that sounds simple 
I think there's a lot of songs that you can say that have been written in 30 minutes that are incredibly good, like incredibly catchy, and you've got some songs that may have been taking years to go through the pipeline, and they end up being fucking shit. Mm. They end up being like overbearing or overstuffed or what have you. So I do think there is a space for people to say simplicity is good. Yeah, uh, um, and also relatability in terms of like the the thing that's the best best pop songs are the ones that do something that is so infectious melody wise on a first listen the melody is so infectious that's what catches you but then the lyrics are so concise and on point that the more you listen to it it makes people want to scream along to it in a stadium like a taylor swift gig because they also relate to the lyrics you know right and that's the genius in pop writing as far as i'm concerned uh, and I guess that's what you're always trying to do is that sort of th- that one line or whatever that people can can sing back because it just sums up something. And do you th- well, do you think that's the purpose of your songwriting? When you, when you, for example, you're sitting down and you're writing lyrics with Mark mm. or whoever's writing the lyrics, do, is, is your purpose, we want to make sure we write lyrics that people can say, sing along to yeah. at a stadium or would you maybe think at some point Oh well, I you know these lyrics are maybe personal to me. Yeah, they have some sort of personal meaning. It might not necessarily be a bop, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's something in there that I think is actually creatively fulfilling yeah. when it, I write down a lyric. Is that is I just want to know what sort of your main focus is on that. Well, I guess it's just like uh, it's like emotions generally, without sounding really artsy. Like some days you feel like just having a party and chatting absolute shit and just having fun sure. and some days in life you feel like sitting with your best mate and being like oh I'm, like we're know, doing just now like we're doing just now. <laughs> yeah but like pouring your heart out and having a good you know a deep conversation and songwriting is the exact same i feel like some days like with another night that was just fun and it was the two of us were literally talking about how nice would it be if you were at a on a beach bar in spain right now and we just wrote a song to make ourselves feel that like we were there and that's just fun whereas um you know, there was a song that we had out in February that's called Can't Forget You, and that was a very personal song. And that was literally sitting there and talking about uh, how I was feeling about something and, like, putting that down. And that's one of those ones where you're spending lots of time on the lyrics and really trying to put into words what you're feeling. So it's kind of half and half, I think. And, there's you know, there's, sometimes that's the most rewarding thing is when something that is personal comes out. Yeah. Um do you think if you were to do like an Able Faces project, like a full project, like an album, yeah, you would want to incorporate uh, elements of that sort of yeah. catchy, catchy in your moment kind of song, like yeah. another night, or and then also mixing it in with the the uh, introspective bits of it, yeah, the introspective lyrics, yeah, maybe taking it back a bit, something like a song like Tainted Memories, for example, which is like the first Mm. one, the first major song that you guys have put out. Yeah. Okay, we've enjoyed the bops, we've enjoyed the dancing. We want to actually hear maybe something that we've not, we're not necessarily familiar with, and that's something like introspective songwriting. Yeah, 100%. The stuff that we are most, because sometimes we give songs away, and it's someone else that ends up singing it, or or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, The ones that I'm most keen and Mark's most keen to sort of hold on to the ones that are the personal ones and if we're doing when sorry when we do enable faces project again the songs that we're doing for that right now are very much the personal ones both bops and <laughs> sadder songs like uh i feel like you want the, your own stuff to be like read like a diary okay personally no, that's fair. I know uh, this is so artsy. People are probably listening to me like, oh god, this is a con- it's going to be a concept album. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Pa- <laughs> the first song's called Page One. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
epilogue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I was... So, leading on from the idea of the transition. So, when you eventually transition back to your solo... I say solo, I mean, you know, like your own music as, yeah. a, as a as a duo. Do you see yourself at any point maybe going away from that community, that dance EDM community, and maybe trying something different, completely different? Sure. Not, not necessarily, I'm not talking about becoming like a black metal album, but I'm just, <laughs> maybe instead of going into an electronic direction, you're yeah. like, okay, well, let's maybe try and do a bit more of a folky thing, yeah. or let's do a bit more of a jazzy thing or something like that. I don't know whether um... that's... Or whether that would require a, a new project and a new yeah. thing in place, a new band in place, or what have you. I think the stuff that we're doing with the, with the dance stuff now. Uh, last year it was pretty deep house sort of stuff, and we have a few more tracks of that coming out. But I think most of the stuff we're doing now is very poppy dance. So you know, it's a very mainstream pop side of sure. dance, and that's very much where our interest lies. Right. And the Able Faces stuff won't sound that dissimilar to that. Mm-hmm. Like another night is a good example of the sort of stuff that we want to do as Able Faces. But then, of course, if you're making an album, you, every tr- you're not you, you, every track's not going to sound the same. But that's the sort of world I think that we both want to operate in for the foreseeable. I would always be worried about sticking too far into a certain sound yeah. because then I'll end up. It's almost like typecasting away. Ah, I don't really care about that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should. I just feel like uh, I don't think people care as much as they used to about genre. And I feel like a good song's a good song, and we're really fortunate that the dance stuff's been good for you. It's been yeah, it's been working out for us. So we've just like it's just fun. So why would you stop doing that? You know? Yeah, no, fair it's enough. It's fun and it's going well, and I feel like we've got a lot more that we want to do in that world before we would consider changing direction. Well, what I was wanting to get into as well was just yourself. And like your sort of idea of music. So when you are listening to music, so say for example, you're wanting to look for some new music. How do you look for that? And what do you think is a good way for people to get into like new music or sure. listening to artists, etc.? Um, I actually don't listen to as much new stuff as I want, as I feel like I, I should. I feel like one of the things I really enjoyed in normal times is going to gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always, you know, go for the support acts. And quite often, if you like the main act, you're going to see, you'll probably like the support act. And that's one of the, my favorite ways to discover new stuff also we're lucky enough to work with tons of musicians a lot of whom are artists so it's quite uh funny my playlists are so heavily dominated now by people like my friends that i work (laughs) with you know uh yeah because there's a lot of people that are releasing great tunes that we were lucky enough to get to work with so i listen to a lot of that and then i think beyond that like everyone probably especially during the pandemic when the world feels like a scary place, it's sometimes just nice to go back to the stuff you've always listened to. Mm-hmm. I found myself during the lockdowns playing a lot more drums, uh, which is the first instrument that I'd ever played in a band. And I, I used to play in like a rock band. So I was listening to a lot of Green Day and Guns N' Roses and stuff for yeah, the first yeah. time in years. So that was great fun. But yeah, for new artists, just a lot of uh, the people we work with and a lot of um, recommendations to people because as you well know, like we're doing right now musicians love talking about music so it's very true uh you know you quite often end up in the conversation about oh who's good and i'll just save stuff as i'm having conversations but i don't really consciously go through playlists to find new music to be honest you use spotify don't you yeah do you use discover weekly at all yeah i do actually sorry yeah i do discover weekly is really good i've not listened to mine for a few months probably like i'm a big fan if i'm not like i'm traveling to london next week i'll, I'll probably listen to 
my discover weekly while i'm on the train do you ever do you ever find yourself a moment to just sit down and listen to music or do you find it more to be a casual thing because i i tend to sort of if i want to listen to music i really want to listen to music so i make myself i find a time for myself to sit down and just listen to something do you do that at all or do you when you listen to music do you do like do things like do you do housework Uh, etc but both I i love like listening to music in the gym or mm. when I'm out on a run or a walk, done a lot of walking in the last year because of COVID, uh, or or driving, and then quite often at night I'll like listen to an album, like when I'm lying in bed. I want to get a turntable because I feel like that makes you sort of make more of a thing about sitting down and listening to music. It's like make some more of an occasion. Yeah, rather than just like flicking through tunes on on a on a playlist because it's crazy how easy it is to just flick through stuff i think the problem with that is because because we've made the music so much easier to consume mm. is that the stuff now pe- the, the things people now use to actually listen to music in a more and a, a like more sophisticated way i suppose would be to buy an expensive turntable mm-hmm. get really good headphones get a good amp get everything if you now want to listen to music in the best way possible it's harder and harder to do that because we've made music so easy to listen to yeah that's that's definitely true well i'm also really lucky to have the monitors um yeah but in our studio and one of my favorite times to listen to music is uh in the morning before we start because we'll pretty much every morning we'll start about half nine ten o'clock and when we come up to our little studio we'll always just start by playing a couple of tunes just to get fired up just to get fired up <laughs> That's good. uh so it could be literally anything just like blasting them and for anyone who's not listened to music on studio monitors before it is like listening to music for the first time it's like proper thrilling or maybe i'm just a complete sack but i think it's really exciting <laughs> when you listen to it and you can really feel the bass and hear everything so clearly mm. that's that's certainly true because I, I do remember you getting these monitors that are beside me right now and they do pack a punch what kind of music do you normally like listening to on those just just pretty much dance tunes uh, get our bass. not not necessarily well yeah sometimes definitely but also just all sorts man like um one of my favorite bands is bleachers as you know and very much so their last album which was 2017 i think gone now is one of my favorite albums of all time and the first track on that dream of mickey mantle is i don't know what it is about it but it's just one of my favorite songs and i think it's the most epic album opener so quite often I like listening to that in the morning because it just gets me absolutely pumped up. But again, another one that's honestly, I'm not ashamed to say quite a frequent one is, is ABBA. <laughs> I just love ABBA. Um, At least uh, one of us does. Yeah. <laughs> We're not getting into this debate. Yeah, that's fine. We, <laughs> I think I, I don't think I mentioned it on the actual podcast that I don't like ABBA. I don't think they even know at this point. That's shocking, man. Honestly, uh, I think we should do a poll. Any, anyone listening? <laughs> Uh, can you please send lots of hate mail to Bingo for this absolute travesty? He's he's also lying. He's one of these people that still thinks it's cool to say he doesn't like ABBA. No, I really do appreciate I do appreciate ABBA. That's oh. the one thing, right? I appreciate ABBA for what they do. And I do think Under Attack is their best song. Under Attack is a great tune. Now that you brought up bleachers yes. while you're adjusting your mic stand. Thank yes, you sorry. for that. Uh, <laughs> now you've, adju- you've talked about bleachers. I was actually going to then say... Your production style, I mean, yeah. you must obviously have some influences to that. What are those influences, Jackie? Because <laughs> I think I think you've got a few that I'm I'm familiar with, but I want you to tell the people this. What, t- production rather than songwriting? Well, I, I think a mixture of both. You can give me both. And- sure. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest, for the last kind of year, like we'd been doing a lot of production prior to doing the top line stuff, and then the last year we've been able to 
take a bit more of a backseat with production and we get really involved with like the vo- well we do the vocal production usually which is our sort of thing and then doing guitars and keys but i guess production wise i love sort of slick stuff that's got lots of detail talking to bleachers jack antonoff what what a man he produces uh, he's he's bleachers is his band and he was also in fun and he's produced for taylor swift and lord and lana del rey and when do you think his reign of terror on pop music will end? Oh, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, no, I actually really do like Jan Kantanov. It's th- just amazing how he's managed to just completely dominate the pop space. Well, I think what he does so well is really poppy songs, but with so much, like, his proper like, artistic integrity without sounding too wanky. And There is an element of, like, artiness to it, though. Yeah, Because, like, yeah, you yeah. look at a song like... Uh, what's the song? It's got heavy panning. I mean, he does a lot of panning stuff it does, on it. yeah. I can't remember. I think it's like the second song off of uh, his... Oh, Gone Now? Yeah. Oh, uh, Good Morning. Something like Yeah, it's just like a heavy panning on yeah, it. So he does a lot yeah, of yeah. that. But then you got like Don't Take the Money, which is just like full straight of like... Up. It's just straight up 80s. Yeah, although... But, but even things like that, the, the thing that I love about his style and that we always try and sort of do with stuff is just the little details. Mm-hmm. As you'll know, like, you know, you think you finished the song. The mix is sitting there. It sounds solid. And you're like, this is good to go. This could be on the radio or whatever. And then there's just that extra. If you just spend a couple more hours just adding teeny little textures, you know, and all of a sudden... And then five hours later. Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes. I mean, I love uh, a lot of Scandinavian producers. Who doesn't? Uh, Yeah, just I love that style. It's so bright and uh, makes you feel good. (laughs) It's like that. It's it's clean but punchy at the same time without going overboard with like distortion or clipping or anything like that i think my main thing though is like because it's our sort of area uh that we focus on it is like the vocal production Mm. i love good vocal production and and detail like uh one of my favorite artists is leon her uh vocal production is just amazing because it's just so detailed the harmonies are just gorgeous but it's not just about what we used to do it's just layering the shit out of harmonies it's like actually just little little things um that when you've listened to a song so many times, you all of a sudden are like, oh, I never noticed that was there before. And then in terms of songwriting, so many songwriters, man. Uh, absolutely love, again, I love Leon. Well, I think Taylor Swift is amazing. Like, she's like, if she wasn't a, an artist, she would be like the best top liner on the planet. Tons of Scandinavian artists, like Sigrid and uh, Dagny. I just think that sort of vibe is just so cool and the, the melodies are so warm and uh interesting to listen to you also you're also a big springsteen guy as well oh yeah yeah i mean going back i love i love springsteen um i love billy joel um abba (laughs) (laughs) queen yeah i think just great songs that are really melodic melodies just the main thing that i i've always loved you do like a hook yeah but not just a hook just something you know, like Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen, for example. Mm-hmm. See the saxophone part at the end of that song. Yeah, it's great. It just makes you want to go and like achieve something. <laughs> Walk out the door, fist pumping the air. <laughs> yeah, or the same as sorry, I'm moving my mic standing in. Same as Born to Run as well. Like that whole album, it just makes you want to go out and like fuck shit up. If you didn't know what the words were, right? If that was in a different a different language to one that you spoke, I still think you would get the vibe of like. Just, you know, the, just the sheer like, like let's escape let's do something let's go you know? let's fucking go um and that's the power of like a really good melody do you ever experiment with what you listen to do you ever 
delve into anything do you find mm. it what's probably the artist that you find a bit i'll love it but other people might not yeah oh um i love a lot of different stuff i mean i love musicals i listen to a lot of musical soundtracks that's uh, true not a lot of people love musicals. yeah there's a lot of a lot of people would hate that uh i also still love like rock stuff you know i really like classic rock yeah i think that's what's great about spotify though isn't it because you can have a playlist in one minute you've got or sorry sorry like within three songs you can have three different genres no oh, that's true i think i think it's i think i think that's true if you are like looking to branch out if you're like listening to the same shit over and over again your like playlists just eventually just get all yeah, homogenized yeah, yeah. and everything i don't consciously go out my way to listen to different stuff mm-hmm. i just sort of like most people i think just naturally listen, like enjoy a lot of different things so i'll just stick on whatever i'm feeling so moving on what are your predictions for say in the next five to ten years what do you think are going to be some things that you'll see change or develop? Um, well, I really hope that the money side of things is is sorted out, not to talk too much about the business side of it, but I think the, uh, it's been so clear through the pandemic that artists are not getting paid well enough, mm-hmm. and even more so songwriters. Um, yeah. Unless your songs are getting played on the radio and you're getting sync with TV, etc., you're just not making that much money at all. Um, and a massively disproportionate amount is um, not going into the the artist's pockets. So yeah. I think that needs to change, and I think it, it hopefully will, because I do have faith that I think a lot of it is just this, the system is the way it is, rather than individual people intentionally causing that, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's it. Well, I, I was going to... And it just talk- takes a long time to break a system down and to change it. Well, that's the thing with Spotify as well, because the guy... CEO of Spotify is saying you need to bring out a lot more albums in a in a year to actually get any benefits from streaming, which is crazy to think about. And I assume that's something that it's not you know even for pop uh, artists, it's hard to churn out single after single, album after album. Say someone doing like four or five singles, yeah, you know, in a in a span of months is a lot. So. You know, obviously, I, I I disagree with the fact that you'd have to put out so much material in order to get anything from the music industry. I think that's yeah. a flaw in the music industry itself. I think that'll probably, I don't know, in the short term, it probably won't because the algorithm thing is definitely like it's working for chasing. it's working for the people that benefit from it the most. Yeah, so and I mean, I guess we're lucky that the nature of what we do is quite singles driven, so it's sort of plays in our favor do you try and play to their favor in, um, that, in that sense as as an artist do you try to do you try to find ways to obviously i think every artist tries to find ways to bend the algorithm to sure. their will I, I i think releasing a lot yes but i guess that's also just like all we are doing right now especially because there's no gigging or anything we're just like monday to friday or monday to saturday nine to five pretty much making songs so we've got the opposite problem right now of uh we've had to make an alias um mm. called mcn2 uh which is our like edm alias uh going forward because we've got too many songs to come in out to release all on the able faces thing yeah which is a lovely problem to have so i feel like we are probably not stressing too much about that but i don't see that continuing i think there's still a massive demand for when someone makes an amazing album like the next adele album will get to number one yeah you true. know what i mean uh or billy eilish or if someone's an album artist, I think there's still a real demand. People love that sort of music that feels like it's been proper. I had a lot of time put into it, but I, and I think musically speaking, 
I reckon my prediction is that like everything goes cyclical. Um, I think there'll be a big comeback for like more real sounding stuff in the next. Uh, that was in inverted commas. Yeah, I think there'll be a real rise in like you know maybe bands will make a bit right, of a okay. comeback and maybe in like i don't know in the next five to ten years do you think that sort of right now obviously there's like guys is hip-hop and that yeah typical like you know trap influence so like cardi sure. b you know all the all the lils all the lils all the- <laughs> <laughs> do you think they'll still be around in like five to ten years or do you think they'll yeah, be replaced uh, not necessarily replaced but they'll be overshadowed by these um well i think the thing that's guitar so, driven bands one of the things that's so interesting with spotify is Obviously, you do still get people like Lewis Capaldi and Billie Eilish and whatnot, but I think for a lot of people, they don't really care what's super mainstream anymore mm. because it's so broken up. It's very rare now that a song is known by everyone okay. because it's so broken up because of Spotify, you know? Like, I listen to music every single day. I'm absolutely obsessed with it, but I don't really know any stuff that's going on in the hip-hop world because it's not really my thing. Sure. Because um, you just sort of don't get exposed to it unless you seek it out now i feel because it's so much more well i think when you go into spotify they show you the, like your first four top genres which i imagine for you guys would be sort of like pop electronic edm dance that kind of stuff yeah so it's hard i mean hip-hop obviously has some crossover with that but unless as you said you're seeking it out which the majority of people are but if you're like more of a poppy kind of guy or you're more of an electronic guy you might not necessarily be able to get into yeah. the that kind of stuff yeah Uh, so i think there will always be a room for lots of stuff but i think that what's really in favor right now is solo artists and Mm. i i reckon there'll be a comeback for bands because there's still something really intriguing about a band people love the dynamic of that i think and there's not really been any massive bands that i can think of you still got like the 1975 are still doing they're still doing their thing oh yeah they're huge i just mean like they've not their first album was what, almost 20, 10, 13, yeah, yeah, so almost ten years ago. But like, some when they came out, there was a big spike in bands like them. Oh yeah, uh, I mean the whole Dirty Head label. <laughs> well, Dirty Head, yeah, but just like you know, I don't mean. I mean, I know this. That's a ridiculous thing to say. There's not big bands right now. Of course there are, but I just mean the way that fifteen years ago in the British charts, it was like dominated by the blah blah blahs <laughs> you know um sure yeah and well I mean, that'll come back you'll have like well i mean like the arctic monkeys obviously every yeah. single album they bring out is number one in the charts as soon as it's released mm. so there's obviously there was obviously five ten years ago there was that was the i also think thing. after covid there'll be a big demand for live stuff oh yeah absolutely so i think edm will do really well yeah i hope but I also think that there will be a big demand for, but you know, acts that are really live acts. If I was to think about live music and where that's going to end up going, I can I would say that it's going to be there's going to be a rise in live music. I, I I think the next few years will be really weird for the music industry because the you know touring is a sort of cycle, um, and the cycle's been completely broken. So it's going to take a long time for it to all pick up again because you can't mm. just, you know, you can't just stick on a Dua Lipa arena tour in a month. You know, it needs time to... It needs planning. Same as festivals. But I do have faith that there'll be such a demand for that after a few shite years like the one that we just had for live stuff. Hopefully we'll get back to a point where it'll be a really healthy live scene and 
I mean, even for us, selfishly, like things have changed a lot for us in the time that since we last played a gig. Yeah. Um. So we have no idea where we stand in terms of live stuff. To be honest. When was the last full performance Ubelface has had? With full band. Well, full band, yeah. Oh wow. Because uh, I know you. Ate it, but well, we did that gig at Sleazy's. Yes. That was February last year. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy, man. That was what what month is it? May. So that was. And even then, that was like an ago. that was an acoustic gig as well, yeah. which is. I mean, you think about the last full like full band like electric and everything that was 2018 yeah jeez oh that would have been king tuts yeah man jesus that's crazy man that's, <laughs> that's over three years since like the last well yeah but i think that was because like set, nothing to do with covid we were just in a spell of like working out what we were doing now that we've got a real sort of well i guess a sound and well i was gonna say you probably have for. an identity at this point yeah and now that we've got that i mean desperate to gig um we were speaking to our manager about this the other day we've got lots of plans uh but it's strange because you've got no idea where wh- like where we fall in terms of um well if anyone would come and see us <laughs> <laughs> and, and also like in terms of like the wh- wh- where do we fall who would we be supporting with mm-hmm. it's a, sorry supporting uh or like touring with or whatever it is i don't know i think it'll be a really interesting time when things open up to see just personally what 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 happens to that once live music starts back up again and you're able to like go see someone Mm. who who do you think would be your first choice um maybe bleachers that would be quite life affirming that was one of my favorite gigs i've seen i really want to see leon live um springsteen was amazing so i mean i feel like seeing him in a stadium would be a pretty cool gig who else? I really want to go to a DJ gig as well, like just being in a club and like so, like Sam felt, yeah, or um that sort of like feel good stuff in a room with tons of people. Cool. Um, yeah. And what's in uh, what's in the pipeline then for Able Faces? So we are, uh, well, we're just releasing tons of music right now. To be honest, because we we made so much music last year during lockdown and then this year start first few months of the year we've just got a lot of singles coming out um first of all so we've got two songs coming out in june mm-hmm. um and two songs in july and then i'm really excited because we're currently making our first ep yeah as you know and, <laughs> and you heard some of it bring was one of the first people to hear any of the songs yeah i've got i've got uh privileges yeah, yeah. um <laughs> So we're making our EP right now with a brown producer in the Netherlands. And that's sort of our main focus. And then once that happens, or once that's done, that'll be out later this year. Yeah. The plan will hopefully be that live stuff will pick up and we'll start gigging. And then going into next year, we do sort of the long-term plan roughly that we want to focus on the Able Faces stuff. And we've also got our alias, which is MCN too. So we'll be still releasing some dance stuff on that. Totally randomly, we're, we're currently doing a lot of work with writers pitching to the korean market all right okay so one of one of my sort of personal aims is to get a k-pop cut i really we've got a few things right now that i can't really say too much about no that's fine uh uh, (laughs) that's fine you can tell me afterwards i'll tell you (laughs) they're sounding pretty positive um but like everything in the music industry these things just take patience and waiting for the right thing to fall into place but yeah so that's a personal goal um but to be honest keep getting to make make music with people that are great and fun to work with and hopefully get to tour i'd be happy boy 
give me give me give me a list of artists that you want to shout out right now when you've got a well, you know you've got your your space oh god so many so uh signed to the same management as us as are a few a few brilliant people um tom enzi who's in portugal he's a brilliant dj we've got a few tracks coming out with him this year can't say too much about that either okay. but i'm buzzing about them uh Blockther, who we had clarity with which is our sort of biggest song yeah um he's brilliant he's in colombia love him uh we've got more we've got two tracks coming out with him in the summer uh and sam welsh um who's a fantastic singer uh i've been working with him he's really great i love his voice he's in england uh and then pff, who else oh man so many people i feel like uh you're like at an oscar speech and I'm you're not, like no, trying I'm to not, shut everyone I'm, out. I'm that way i'm like uh i don't want to miss people out so many people would, there's a uh, brilliant producer called pete they're working with a lot in london yeah man so many others <laughs> <laughs> the list the list goes on yeah uh we've I mean, got we've all we've got a play actually this is a little shout out we've got a playlist that we've uh, got on spotify called songs we're loving Mm-hmm. and that's a good one to follow because it's always got a good mixture of stuff in it that's songs that we're loving i think the last thing we want to talk about is your your recommendation of the week this is what we normally do in the podcast yes but i want to hear what what is jack mcneilidge's from abel faces <laughs> recommendation of the week wreck of the week well jack mcneilidge from abel faces uh would recommend so actually I, i've not listened to that many albums that have been released this year mm-hmm. but I, I leon's album is phenomenal i do like that album a lot I, would, I, I think it was in my top 50 of last year nice nice yeah uh, i would give that a big shout out she's phenomenal but the one i i thought would be interesting to talk about was it's a few years old it's an artist called bernhoft okay who is a norwegian american uh and i don't even know how you'd describe it it's sort of soulful poppy elements of sort of jazz soft rock just really like uh blue very very rootsy bluesy sort mm-hmm. of stuff not probably not jazz probably yeah probably rootsy bluesy is probably a better way of putting it and he's phenomenal his album i discovered through an artist called Rayleigh nicole who i love all right okay and she features in one of his tracks on that album and he's uh got a phenomenal voice he's a great guitarist and it's just really like refreshing to listen to something that's uh it's a live band playing in the studio and it just the songs are great so that whole album i've been obsessed with that for the last couple of weeks and what's the artist's name again bernhoft sorry the album's called humanoid humanoid well there we go 2018 i think 2018 okay we'll make sure to give it a listen guys when you when you have the time once you finish this absolutely epic interview (laughs) and also really nicole as well she's phenomenal yeah great well thanks very much jackie uh Really appreciated the time we had together. Yeah, uh, I, was, I can only, I can only, I can only apologise <laughs> uh, for for how long I've just been rambling on. No, you've been great. You've been great. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. Mm-hmm.